I was a girl, my grandparents had what we called a farm. That's how we referred to it, just the farm. But in reality, it wasn't a farm that produced much more than a bunch of cucumbers, some tomatoes, some things that my grandmother would can and pickle each year, really with enough pickles to last into perpetuity, we felt. The garden part of that farm was only about an acre, and so what it was was mostly just acres and acres of grassland and wildflowers, a couple of ponds and a river running along the back, and an old farmhouse at the front. And as kids, what we loved about this place more than anything else was that we got to roam free. The minute we set foot at the farm, we were told that we could walk as far as we wanted. That we could walk even to the point that we couldn't see the house anymore. And better yet, no grown-ups had to come along. Do you remember that moment as kids when you got to go out on your own for the first time without adult supervision? You remember how thrilling that was? I mean, we imagined ourselves to be so grown up that we could walk out of sight of the house and explore all of these lands. And we thought maybe we had become really mature that the grown-ups would trust us so much that they would let us off on our own. But the truth was the grown-ups just wanted some peace and quiet. So they didn't care where we were at that point. And, and each time we were sent out as kids, we were told to take one thing with us that would help us on the journey. When we went out, um, as we went off to explore, one of the grown-ups would yell after us, take a snake stick. A snake stick. Anybody else from a place where you need a snake stick? Yeah. A, a snake stick was really uh, one of the large walking sticks that you would see around the farmhouse. It, it was really nothing more than a large branch off a tree. And my understanding was how you were to use it was just to kind of walk with it and you know, poke it along in the grass in front of you because it was better to surprise a sleeping snake with a stick than to step on it with your tennis shoes. The disturbing thing for me, though, was this. I was pretty sure that if we ever did come across a snake, there was another purpose for this stick, that I was supposed to do something that involved the snake and the stick if we ever came across it, but no one had ever explained to me what that something was. So I walked around these lands armed and dangerous, armed with a stick, but never really knowing what I would do if I ever came across a snake. You better believe that Moses knew what to do with a stick. He was a shepherd watching over his father-in-law's sheep, and his big stick was his really only weapon and tool that he used. It was great for tapping unruly sheep back into line. It was wonderful, um, a defense against wild animals that might come along after the sheep. And if the predator happened to be a person, if there were sheep rustlers out there that might challenge and try to steal the sheep, boy, this stick would come in handy with them too. You better believe that Moses knew what to do with a stick. He carried it everywhere with him. When he ate, Moses would have laid this stick down next to his meal. When he slept, he would have slept with it right by his head. And if he woke in the night to a strange noise before he was even conscious of what's going on, this stick would have been in his hand, ready for a fight. 
Moses would have taken this stick everywhere. And so you can imagine that he had a pretty tight grip on it that day at the burning bush. I mean, that was probably the most terrified that Moses had ever been in the wilderness. So you know this stick was in his hand at his side, not that he knew what to do with it there. What's even more scary than a bush that's burning and not being burned up? One that talks to you. And what's even more scary than a bush that can talk? One that begins to speak with the voice of God and tell you about the frightening things that you are going to have to go forth and do. Moses was going to have to return to his homeland that he had run away from. He was going to have to face the Pharaoh that he feared. He was going to have to demand action on behalf of God's people. And that action would be met with rage and anger and persecution. Moses did not want to do these things. Moses did not feel equipped to do these things or qualified. He could not picture why, of all the people in the world, God wanted him to do these things. I mean, what did he have that some other leader out there did not have? And so God showed him. God pointed out what he had. God said to him, Moses, what's in your hand? This, Moses said, this? This is just an ordinary stick. There's nothing special about it. Well, throw it down, God said to him. And suddenly, the stick became a snake. That gives a whole new meaning to the word snake stick, if you ask me. And one thing you can be sure of, being a shepherd in the desert, Moses knew snakes. And here he was, faced with the very threat that his stick was supposed to defend him from, and he had no stick in his hands. And then the Lord told Moses to lean down and pick up that snake by the tail. Now, what they tell me is that is not the right way to pick up a wild snake in the desert. If you pick it up by the tail, then it could curl around and bite you with the head. But I'm here to tell you that if you ask me, if you come across a wild snake and you don't know if it's poisonous or not, if you ask me, there is no right way to pick up that snake. And when Moses obeyed God, when he leaned down and touched the tail of that snake, suddenly it was a stick again. Moses got his tool back, but it, it wasn't just a stick anymore, was it? It was an instrument of God. And what was more important was that because he gave what he had to God, Moses was now an instrument of God too. Don't you love how God puts that question? What's in your hand? What is in your hand? As if he doesn't know already. It's not that God doesn't know the answer to that question. It's that he needs us to answer that question to him, to declare to him, here's what I've got, God, and it's all yours. It's our answer to that question that gives God permission to use what we have. What's in your hand? God asked Moses that question while Moses was busy telling God what he did not have. But God wants to work with what we do have. Because given to God, that can be something amazing for his kingdom. Have you ever done that? Have you ever told God what you did not have? The ways you were not qualified? 
the ways you saw your hands empty and needing something more to do his work, why in the world would he call you? This isn't just one story as if God could have picked out a better leader than Moses. This is God's specialty. The Bible, it's full of ways that God used little people in big ways, little things in their hands to do big things. Um, I think I have three helpers. Could you come up and join me up here? Who are my three helpers? Whoever gets here first gets to hold the stick. You stand right here. All right, you hold this for me. You hold this for me. And you hold this. All right, now I have a question for each of you. Are you ready? What's in your hand? A staff. Okay. Just a staff, right? But not just a staff. Because when Moses gave it to God, God used it to do amazing things. Okay, this is a little trickier. What's in your hand? Do you know what that is? Oil. What do you think it is? Oil. All right, so hold it up so they can see a little bit. Is there very much oil in there? Yes or no? No. <laughs> so it's just a tiny little bit of oil. But there was a woman in the Bible, that that's all she had. She had a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, and all she could make was one more meal, but she gave that to God. She thought she was about to run out, but when she gave it to God, he made more and more and more, and it multiplied, and she didn't run out. All right. What is in your hand? Bread. Okay. What, how many loaves of bread do you think there are in here? One, two, three, four, and one at the bottom. So how many? Five. Okay. And what do you think is in here? What does that look like? Something you would eat for dinner? Fish sticks. How many fish sticks have you got? Two. Okay. Five loaves of bread and two fish sticks. Do you know a story in the Bible that might have something to do with that? So Jesus' disciples thought they didn't have anything to feed all of these people. More people that can fit in this room. More people that can fit in this room six times over. They thought they had nothing, but there was one little boy, and he had five loaves of bread and two fish. Not fish sticks, but fish. And they fed all of those people with that. Look at that. Does that look like very much? No. This is God's specialty, right? Would you look at any of these things and say they're the seeds of a miracle? Would you cross these people on the street and think they're miracle workers? But if they put in God's hand what's in their hands, God can do amazing things. Thank you. Thanks for helping. You guys can go sit down. I'm grateful that God works with what we have and not what we don't have. I'm grateful that what we have in our hands, even if it's small, can be the seeds of a miracle when God takes it. I mean, what's, what's in your hand? Um, your relationships, your, your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses. I love that when we looked at the calendar today, we saw that we had both the children of the community coming and our doctoral students coming at the same time. I love that at every age we feel a little empty, a little inadequate for God, but that it's his specialty to use us no matter what. I mean, that stick, that stick was really nothing when Moses held it, nothing more than a tool for shepherding. But to God, it was a tool for miracles. It was the same stick that he raised up 
when the Red Sea parted and they crossed over. It was the same stick that he used to strike a rock and water poured out for God's people. What looks like little in our hands becomes much in God's hands. What's in your hand? Something that is useful to you, of course, but when you lay it down, God makes it come alive. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.